Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. As some of you may know, Exam Study Expert is my full-time work. It's how I make my living. Uh, part of that work is coaching some of you guys. I, I love making the podcast for you all, for sure. But I also love the chance to work with at least some of you one-to-one uh, to help optimise the right study system for you. Uh, as always, if you're interested in learning more about working with me uh, to accelerate your success, simply head to examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. But at this time of year in particular, we also do an awful lot of speaking work in schools. Uh, That's both Dr Alex Hibble, uh, who you met back in episodes 89 and 90, uh, and me uh, out and about most weeks at the moment, visiting schools and running workshops on effective study strategy to help students prepare for their exams. It's something we really enjoy doing as well. Um, And one thing that uh, always happens, we we tend to get quite a lot of questions uh, during and after the workshops from students uh, and sometimes parents if they're at the workshop as well. And sometimes some, some really excellent questions come up about study habits. And uh, there's a kind of a growing number of questions that I think are really important that we haven't necessarily addressed here on the podcast before. So I, I quite wanted to start something of a, an, an occasional podcast series, bringing out an episode from time to time on some of the most interesting questions when we get asked uh, when we're out and about in schools uh, and, and universities that I think would be of general interest to a lot of you listening to the podcast as well. I might even throw in the odd uh, listener email uh, and perhaps even some questions that come up in my uh, coaching work as well. But today I wanted to kick off uh, this sort of little occasional series by tackling what is uh, by far the most asked question we get in our in-person workshops, which is, can I listen to music when I'm studying? Uh, For some reason, it always seems to be the question on everybody's lips. Uh, and, and, And it's a really interesting question, actually. You know, does music help you study or is it just going to distract you? Now, lots of study advisors will tell you to study in silence, uh, and that's really the best thing of all. I actually disagree with that advice. I I take a rather more nuanced approach. I I think it is okay to listen to music, but you've got to be very careful about the music you choose, uh, particularly for certain tasks. Now, that's not to say if you are happy working in silence and you don't normally listen to music, then you need to sort of you don't need to suddenly start listening to music or anything. Uh, if you're happy enough working in silence, that's great. Carry on doing that. But an awful lot of um, students, whether you're you know in your teenage years, whether in your twenties at university, whether in your forties or fifties uh, taking professional exams, uh, you know, an awful lot of students we know really like to listen to music while they study. So today, I want to explain the science behind listening to music while studying, uh, and then break down exactly what it means for you uh, when you're making decisions about whether to study with music or not, uh, and what kind of music perhaps to listen to. But first, I need to get a bit of a confession out of the way. 
I personally am a huge fan of listening to music while studying. As a student, uh, I listen to music pretty well all the time while writing or reading. Um, I still do most of my desk work today to a backdrop of music. Um, notice I said, uh, we know when I was a student, I was writing or reading, I'd listen to music. There were some tasks I didn't listen to music for. So for example, if I was testing myself on my flashcards, I would tend to do those kinds of tasks in science. If I was attempting a full practice paper in exam conditions, I would do that kind of task in silence to replicate the conditions of the exam. Uh, in the case of the flashcards, when I'm testing myself on them, you know, that just t- took so much mental concentration uh, that I just wanted complete silence to be able to do it. So I'll talk a little bit later on about how to kind of match perhaps the type of music or perhaps sometimes complete silence to the kind of task you're working. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, working while music's playing. Um, I actually dug into my Spotify stats. Uh, Spotify tells me I racked up, get this, 757 hours of listening time um, via Spotify alone last year. That's equivalent to 31 continuous days. So a whole month of seven days a week, 24 hours a day music. Um, yeah. I listen to music a lot. <laughs> um, but as many of you may know, I'm also a big fan of evidence-based advice about how to study effectively. You know, I'm a trained psychologist. I care about the science. So is my habit of studying with music backed up by the research or not? A lot of study advisors I come across, as I mentioned at the start, say no. Uh, you really ought to work in complete silence. And to back up their argument, they often point to uh, a bit of research that was done back in 2014 by Cardiff-based psychologists Perham and Curry, which shows a 60% improvement in test score if you learn in silence versus if you have music with lyrics on in the background. So 60% improvement. That's a huge, huge improvement. Uh, So based on this study, students often hear uh, that, oh, right, well, I really should listen in silence, shouldn't I? 60% improvement. That's, That's huge. But wait a minute, not so fast. I think actually when you dig into that study a bit more deeply, I'm not entirely convinced by the um, the recommendations that come out of it. In particular, one detail bothers me, and that's the music that the researchers chose. I think they chose super distracting music. The group that was asked to study with music in their experiment were made to listen to a uh, kind of like a heavy thrash metal band uh, called Death Angel. Um, Let's just listen to just a few seconds of Seemingly Endless Time, uh, which is one of the Death Angel tracks that the researchers used in the study. I'll just play sort of five, ten seconds of uh, Seemingly Endless Time for you. See what you think. impossible to get any work done with that in the background, I think. Uh, You know, look, whether that's your jam or not, I think you'd agree that if any music was going to be really pretty distracting, it would be that kind of music. Uh, Look, I speculate that the researchers in the study chose this track deliberately to try and get a nice big effect size, you know, find something really distracting that's really going to put students off and get a really nice big uh, difference between the group that were listening to music and the group that weren't and really try and prove their point. But I don't think it's fair to say that all music is going to be as distracting as this. For example, here's the sort of thing that I was really into when I was uh, revising for my exams as a student. (laughs) 
Ah, that's nice, isn't it? A <laughs> uh, little bit of Ian Audi there. So, look, I think there's a rather more nuanced picture about the impact of listening to music than the Cardiff study would suggest. I think there are at least three dimensions you want to have in the back of your mind when making decisions about studying and music. The first is the type of music you choose, as we're perhaps starting to get some idea of, you know, some genres or artists may be more or less distracting. But look, it's not even that simple. We're all different too. There are individual differences. What works for me might be very different to what works for you. What's significantly distracting to one person might be a great backdrop for a different person. So our second dimension is those individual differences between different people uh, that can have an impact on the most appropriate music choice as well. But not only that, our study tasks are different. As I mentioned right back at the start, there were some tasks uh, as a student where I didn't listen to music at all. I think we'd agree that uh, different sorts of tasks need different levels of concentration. Uh, and sometimes you might be working on such a demanding task, uh, you know, as, as, I, as used, I used the example of testing yourself on flashcards or perhaps doing some, some kind of challenging practice questions, you know, and you just want to turn the music off, have complete silence, uh, because anything else would, would just kind of uh, detract from that intense concentration, that intense focus you need for those most challenging of tasks. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're just doing some, I don't know, filing and, and kind of storing your notes away in, in, in sensible order, then, you know, listen to Death Angel or whatever. You don't need much concentration for that task. You just need to get through it. So you can probably afford to listen to some music that's a, uh, more engaging, you know, more distracting. So our final dimension is kind of matching the uh, music choice to the task you're working on. So I want to circle back on some of the broader research, other studies that have been done on the impact of listening to music whilst whilst studying, uh, not just that Cardiff study. And, and I'll share some of those findings in just a moment. But first, there's a little bit of an elephant in the room I want to address before I go any further. And that's asking ourselves the question, well, what is the alternative to listening to music whilst studying? Because there are at least some people out there where, you know, their experience of music while studying is that you know, music is is pivotal in helping motivate them to work in the first place, lifting your mood and your energy levels. And, you know, candidly, it can sometimes be a choice between studying while listening to music and not studying at all, uh, because you wouldn't otherwise be able to get yourself motivated to, to study if you weren't listening to music. You know, and look, if it's that choice, if it's that stark a choice, if it's that choice between uh, studying while listening to music and, hey, even if you're working at slightly less than maximum efficiency because you're slightly distracted, so you're working at 80% efficiency because you're slightly distracted by the music, but if the alternative is not studying at all, working at effectively 0% efficiency, well, the choice is clear, isn't it? Now, I know that doesn't apply to to, to, to many people, but there are some people that, that would fit into that category. And I think it's a point worth mentioning. In other words, if you're so used to studying with music that you simply can't bear to study if you don't have the music on, you know, look, I'm a realist uh, and I'd say it's far better to listen to music and get some work done uh, than end up doing no work at all. So let's now take a moment to revisit the uh, the kind of broader work that's been done on studying with music beyond that famous Cardiff study and ask ourselves if there is any evidence for benefits to studying with music. And when you dig a bit deeper into that research, you do actually start to find some experiments that support the uh, benefits of listening to music while studying. Different studies have found evidence for different kinds of benefits. For example, uh, music can reduce stress. Music can lift your mood. 
your productivity on repetitive tasks can get a boost from music. Um, you know, remember that, that sort of filing example I mentioned a moment ago. It's a very easy, very sort of repetitive task. Doesn't kind of almost a little bit mindless, uh, brainless, you might say. Um, you know, those sorts of tasks you might well imagine certainly get a boost from having some music on in the background to help keep you uh, keep you engaged, keep your mood up. And then finally, uh, even on more demanding tasks, the right choice of music has even there's even been some evidence to show that uh, you know on those more challenging tasks, the right kind of music can have uh, a, a positive impact. For details and references on the kinds of uh, studies I'm, I'm, I'm kind of using to support these these findings, uh, you can check out the sister blog article that accompanies this podcast. Uh, Does music help you study busting the myths? Uh, you can simply follow the link in the episode description for this episode, or Google uh, type into Google exam study expert music, and it should pop up as the first result. Now, one other little thing I wanted to mention at this point, uh, there isn't much evidence for that old chestnut. Have you heard the Mozart effect? You know, listening to Mozart magically makes you smarter. Uh, That one does seem to be a bit of a myth, unfortunately. We haven't really found any evidence that that's true. But hey, look, if you enjoy listening to music, uh, sorry, if you enjoy listening to Mozart's music uh, and it's not distracting for you, go for it. Great. Uh, Why not? So as we come towards the conclusion, uh, you know, we've looked at some of the evidence. Uh, Let's take a look now at some practical advice. You know, what's all this meaning for you? What does it mean for you? Uh, How you can go about using music while studying? First, I should say that if you're happy enough studying in silence, that's great. You should definitely carry on. No need to suddenly start switching on music. Uh, The message uh, I'm about to share is mainly for you if, like me, you're deeply into the habit of listening to some music while you work. How to avoid the downside of listening to music, the potential for distraction, involves, I think, a bit of self-awareness to recognise if the music is pulling your attention away from the work, uh, and if so, changing the track to something less distracting, or perhaps even going to complete silence. A few principles to have in mind while you're making choices about what to listen to. As we've previously said, have three main kind of dimensions, if you like, in mind. Think about the study task at hand and how much concentration it demands. Think about the kind of music you choose and how distracting it is. And think about, uh, you know, individual differences. So, you know, everybody's choices will be slightly different. Your taste in music, what lights you up, what puts you in a good mood, what will be too distracting for you, that's going to be slightly different for you than it is for me. But just to give you an example uh, of how I kind of balance these various considerations in practice, let me just give you a kind of a rough breakdown of, of kind of the sorts of things I listen to for different sorts of tasks. So right at the extreme end, uh, when I'm doing kind of life admin or email, you know, easy emails or filing or doing some, you know, banking or something, you know, I just listen to anything, absolutely anything I want. Um, And even if it's quite engaging, so um, possibly even something like musical theatre, you know, where there's a lot of lyrics, there's a real story there, uh, you know, you can get away with that because the core task you're working on is, is so kind of mindless. For kind of mid level tasks, so things like maybe relatively easy background reading or easy short answer questions or possibly, you know, quite simple maths or science questions. I might choose something that's maybe a little bit interesting to listen to, but definitely not too distracting. So for me, that often meant um, I like, quite like choral music, uh, possibly some light jazz, um, uh, or possibly if I'm quite tired and I need a bit of a, a, a kind of a boost, a bit of a shot in the arm, so to speak, I might listen to, you know, film music, sort of um, superhero tra- soundtracks or, you know, trailer music or something like that to give me a bit of a, a bit of a boost. 
when the concentration level gets a little bit higher, uh, so when perhaps I'm making flashcards, writing essays, working on kind of moderate difficulty math science questions, I might still use a little bit of music, but now it needs to be very, very low on the distraction scale. So something very repetitive, minimalistic, um, very low distraction classical pieces like the Ionaudi I played a few bars of earlier on. Uh, or for me, I really liked um, sort of classical minimalism. So uh, composers like Philip Glass, John Adams, Steve Reich. Uh, so you're getting a real uh, insight into my kind of music tastes in this episode. Um, and then finally, at the kind of extreme end, you know, extreme concentration required. So testing myself on uh, the flashcards, doing practice tests, or kind of trying to figure out most complex maths problems, uh, maybe brainstorming the points I want to include in an essay and kind of figuring out how I want to structure my argument. You know, something that really takes a lot of mental bandwidth. I might go for complete silence uh, for those. Or possibly even, um, you know, a sort of uh, just, just sort of white noise that can work really well for some people. Or even uh, like a soundscape. So the if you Google sounds of the Bodleian, uh, you get a really nice uh, little website that uh, you can play sounds of the Bodleian Library in Oxford. So Oxford University's main library, uh, and it just plays you sort of background library noise that was actually recorded in the library and you can choose from different library rooms um, and some people find that my wife introduced me to that and uh, she finds it really helpful for for kind of just uh, you know perhaps blocking out some background noise uh, and helping you kind of focus on the task um, and it's and it's very very low distraction because it's basically it's kind of like white noise but uh, helps you get in that kind of help those helps you helps you get to in those kind of library vibes uh, and that might be a helpful thing for getting in the right headspace to do some work so remember, this is all what's worked for me. What works for you is almost certainly going to be different. You know, you're not going to have my taste of music. You know, different things are going to work differently for you. Uh, and, and, as, and on that point, some researchers have even suggested personality may have a role in determining uh, the impact of music uh, on your study effectiveness. Um, uh, one finding was that introverts seem to do better on complex reasoning tasks without music, whereas extroverts, the impact was a little bit less so. So we met um, Ruth Poundwhite uh, last week. We were talking a little bit about uh, introversion. So, you know, knowing your kind of personality type, that that can even have, a, have an impact on listening to music. So to sum up, I think if I was going to wrap all this up in a nutshell, I'd say that music uh, might not necessarily do you any harm, possibly may even do you a little bit of good if it lifts your mood, blocks out some background distraction. Um, but you really need to be careful about choosing appropriate tracks for you and for the task you're working on. And if at any point you find yourself getting sucked into the song and, you know, even singing along or something, change the track or possibly even turn it off completely. And again, if you're happy working in silence, that's fabulous. I definitely don't think the evidence on the potential benefits of listening to music is so strong that we need to go around recommending that everyone starts listening to music. Definitely not. Like silence, I think is great. Uh, carry on doing that if that works fine for you. So look, as always with these kind of questions, I'm really interested to hear your take. So the best place to go is leave a comment uh, on the blog article, the sister blog article that accompanies this episode, which you can find at examstudyexpert.com forward slash music hyphen while hyphen studying. That's examstudyexpert.com forward slash music hyphen while hyphen studying music while studying or follow the link i've put to that blog article in the episode description yeah feel free to, to have a look at that article uh, and leave a comment down at the bottom uh, sharing what works for you be really interesting to sort of hear different approaches that different people take to this 
And that brings down the curtain on today's performance, folks. I hope you found it interesting to take a look, uh, a pretty deep dive look at this question. Um, and if there's a question you'd like answered in a future episode in this kind of occasional series on you know, listener or audience questions, the email address is william at examstudyexperts.com. So looking ahead a little bit, the hype is building for our 100th episode in a couple of weeks' time. I've got a special surprise for you in that episode, which I think you'll really enjoy. So do keep an eye out for that episode in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us today. Wishing you every success, as always, in your studies. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.